Hello, you guys, and welcome back to another week's episode of the Jesus People Places podcast. If you're new here, my name is Mackenzie Marsh, and I'm your host. I am so excited that you guys are here today. I just am love building this community in so many different ways through different apps, through the new like channel broadcast on Instagram. I have been loving that, you guys. We have a great little community on there, and it's just been awesome. Like right now, we're going through a Bible study together on gratitude. Y'all, there is 57 people in this Bible study. 57 people. And like as a bigger, not even bigger, as someone with a bigger account, that number shouldn't be like anything crazy, but 57 people gathering together to intentionally read God's word and discuss it is the most beautiful thing in the entire world. And it's really simple. It's just on the Bible app, but so many girls, and I think there's a couple guys on there too, are just pouring out their hearts in the discussion part and really just... I don't know. It's been great and I think it's so cool and I'm glad I kind of jumped on that opportunity. There's nothing I really thought of and then I was like, wait, we should all do this together because people ask for Bible studies. So really excited about that. If you're interested, go join my little channel. It's just called My People on my Instagram and I'll be posting probably weekly Bible studies that we'll be able to go through together and just other little nuggets of encouragement. I'm such like a disciplined girl. I love a Monday. I'm so weird. Like Sundays and Mondays are my favorite days because I just love starting the new week with like good intentions. And I'm starting this new thing on Mondays. I really should be starting it on Sundays since Sundays are technically the first day of the week where we dive into body, soul, spirit. And I'm giving kind of a little piece of advice on how to prioritize each of those throughout the week. So this week, for example... I forget what I did. Let me look. So this week, for example, I basically said, here's some ways to fill your body, soul, and spirit this week. Challenge yourself with these or create some of your own. And I just wanted to read them off to you guys as well. So first one, body. Move your body every day, whatever that looks like for you. Could be going on a walk. It could be working out. It could be going to yoga. It could be rollerblading, whatever that needs to look like for you. Don't be so hard on yourself of like, I need to do this crazy workout. Just focus on moving your body. Like that does so much. Next soul, invite a friend to dinner or over for a movie night. Filling your life with good community fuels your soul so much. It's a really cool thing. And then spirit, have a journal check-in with God, pray over what he wants for you for the rest of the year. We're approaching the end of the year. We're approaching the holidays. The holidays just feel crazy. And I feel like before we know it, the start of the new year is going to be here. And we're going to be so stressed with all of, you know, everyone screaming on social media of like, I'm setting these goals for the year and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Start it now. That almost like takes the pressure off of it because it's not January 1st when everyone else is getting in the gym for the first time and doing all these things. You don't have to wait until January 1st to go after your goals, whether that be fitness, whether that be literally anything. Start your goals right now. You got it. Okay, the next thing that I want to do on this podcast, I want to start the podcast the same way every single week where I'm reading these off to you guys. And then additionally, I want you to right now sit with me, whatever you're doing, stop what you're doing, pause with me for two seconds. If you're driving, however... Obviously, that remains your number one focus, please and thank you. I want you, right now, to sit down, maybe grab a pen and paper if you've got it nearby, and I want you to tell yourself, or tell me, you can send me a picture of it on Jesus Peel Places, write down something that you are grateful for about your body. 
or just think of it. Okay. We broke down soul into your purpose, your community, and your hobbies. So it can be any of those three things. Tell me something you're grateful for in terms of those. And then last but not least, spirit. Tell me something you're grateful for about God. Or if you believe something different, tell me something you're grateful for in that general sense. Something that has to do with your spirit. Something with your prayer life, with scripture, with church, with something of that sort. Okay? We're actually doing the Bible study this week on gratitude and seeing how important it is. I've done an episode on gratitude. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to that episode. It's fantastic. But gratitude is such an important thing and it changes your life. And if we're going to sit here and prioritize body, soul, spirit, and focus on all of these things to make each one of those better and work for us and towards a better version of ourselves, we also need to be sitting in gratitude for all of those things as well. You know? Okay. This week, I don't really have much of a life update for you guys. Not too much has happened. This past weekend was awesome. It was my friend Callie's wedding. She was the most beautiful bride ever, and it was just such a great time. I haven't been to a wedding as a guest before. Everyone that I've been to, I've been in. So it was very strange just pulling up, being like, hi, I'm here for a wedding. Like, that felt so odd for me. But it was fantastic. Literally such a great time. I'm trying to think what else is new in life. Volunteered at church again this week. I hadn't the past two weeks because I just had other obligations and I just love it so much. Like guys, go out and serve your community and your church. Volunteer somewhere. Thanksgiving's coming up. I know so many people are packing meals. Go out and serve in your community. Like man, it is so cool and so fulfilling. In additional news, oh, I leave for Scottsdale tomorrow. But that actually won't be tomorrow. I will already be in Scottsdale by the time that this episode comes out because I'm recording early. Early. I'm recording like not even 24 hours before I leave. I will probably be editing this podcast on the plane. But, you know, that's how it goes. I am trying to think of other life updates to put off talking in this episode. Because, man, is it a scary one. Especially if you know me and you're listening to this. And you don't know my testimony, which honestly not a lot of people do. It's scary. Like, very scary. But I'm the kind of person where when I see the devil working overtime, I want to throw down my pride as much as I can. Because I know the thing that the enemy tries to attack is my image. Because I'm such a perfectionist on the outside and I want everyone to see me as perfect. I could lie and say I don't, but I do. I totally do. And this time last year, my life was filled with a lot of mess. A lot of mess, a lot of sin, a lot of anger, resentment, bitterness, hurt. And I was hiding all of that from everyone in my life. And I want to talk about it because it's a really beautiful story about how the Lord works. But it's not a very beautiful story about me. And it's kind of crazy, especially being single. Like, gosh, this makes it so much harder of like a random man could be listening to this and hear my testimony before he actually knows me. Like that's a little, a little weird for me. And, and I guess we'll preface for any future guy I talk to, 
because I feel the need to actually say this. Please don't listen to the rest of this episode. Like if we are getting to know each other, please don't listen to this episode because I would like to tell you my testimony in person. You should not be listening to it on here. Okay. Anyways, with that, with that said, let's get into the episode. <sighs> I grew up in a small town in North Carolina where my life was essentially perfect. At least that's how I saw it. I felt like I was always living on top of the world. At least looking back, that's how I feel. I loved life. I loved living in a small town. I loved knowing everybody. It was so good. So great. When I was 11, we moved to South Florida and I think I cried the whole 14 hour drive down. It was not a place I wanted to go and it was not a place I wanted to be at for 10 years after that. It took me until a year and a half ago, two years ago, to actually accept living here, which is kind of wild given how much I love it. And we'll go back to the gratitude thing of I spent 10 years hating a place that is truly fantastic, but I was, you know, living in the opposite of gratitude 24 seven. Okay. Slight tangent. We'll get back on track. When I was in my preteen years, I don't exactly remember how old I had my first panic attack. I had no idea what it was, no idea how to control it, no idea how to stop it. And I fully believed in that moment that I was crazy. Um, I hit it. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't even know what anxiety was. This was in 2012, probably. No one was talking about anxiety. I had no clue what it was. I didn't know that I had a panic attack. I honestly just thought I was mentally insane. To be completely honest, I thought something was wrong with me. I think it was as early as that age when the perfectionism started because I knew in the back of my mind that I had something really broken and messed up about me and I tried to do everything in life to counter that so that nobody would know that I had this issue. Now looking back, I want to hug that poor girl because her anxiety isn't something that makes her unlovable. And if anxiety is something that you're walking through, that is going to be a lot of what this episode is about. So I guess I'll give a little bit of a trigger warning there. But at the same time, I just want to hug you right now and tell you that your anxiety does not make you unlovable. Your mental health does not make you unlovable. Whatever you're walking through, it does not make you unlovable. Okay. As middle school and high school went by, I lived a pretty normal life. Sports were a big part of my life, a huge part of my life. I was the girl known for sports. It was always assumed that I was going to play either soccer or lacrosse in college. And when I didn't, that came as a shock to everyone. When I was 14, 15, maybe I got baptized and I became a Christian. Christian. I went to a very feel goody church growing up where I kind of believed that everything in life was supposed to be great because I was a Christian. I loved Jesus. My life was supposed to be seamlessly easy. That's the understanding of God that I had. I went to a private Christian school and would get bits and pieces, but it wasn't something I overly cared about. I think I cared about it more than most people at my school. So I gave myself a pat on the back, like I was doing a good job or I was doing the right thing, but it wasn't something that was actually penetrating my heart until a little later on. I started dating right after 15. 
got involved with boys and that was just kind of that. It like slowly pulled me away from my faith, but not in a drastic way where it was necessarily their fault whatsoever. It just kind of happened slowly. When I was a senior in high school, I started dating my most recent ex-boyfriend and little did I know my senior year, I was going to be getting a relationship that was going to last five years. I walked into that relationship saying, absolutely not. I do not want to date my senior year. I want to go off and go to Ole Miss and I want to live whatever life I want and I don't want to be tied down to anyone. Well, that quickly changed. I decided not to go to Ole Miss for a multitude of reasons and told my parents I was going to take a semester to stay at home, save up money because I knew my ultimate goal was to go out of state. Since I decided not to play a sport in college, I had spent all of my time in high school furthering my athletic ability rather than my educational abilities. So I was not smart whatsoever. Granted, I did go to a college prep school, but I never really applied myself. I cared more about being good at a sport than I did how I was doing in school. Safe to say academic scholarships were not in the cards for me whatsoever. I ended up moving to Tallahassee my freshman year of college for that first semester. And in that amount of time, I've never experienced loneliness in such a real way. I moved up knowing people there because a lot of people from my high school go up to Tallahassee, but they weren't necessarily friends I really wanted to stay in touch with. And I was going to the community college up there because I applied to 20 schools and one of two schools that I did not get into was FSU. I totally think that was for a reason. However, I was in Tallahassee for that amount of time. My time in Tallahassee was one of the worst, lowest experiences of my life. I have never felt more depressed in my life. I remember nights screaming in my bathtub, just crying out, being like, I'm so sad. I don't know what to do with my life. I feel like I have no friends. I have no purpose. I have no drive. I just fully fell into that identity of a broken human that I believed when I was 11 years old because I didn't have things distracting me like I had all growing up. I didn't have sports. I didn't have athletics. I didn't have friends. I saw all of my friends on social media my freshman year going off to these big SEC schools and they had all of these best friends, so it seemed, and I was just sitting there and I would go through my tagged photos and I was like, nope, nothing. And then I'd make one friend, they would like tag me a photo. And I think I obsessed over it for like the longest time because I was like, you know, look mom, my friends. Like I actually made some friends and that semester was hard, man. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about community is because of how hard that semester was. I know for a fact, if I had community, it would not have been nearly as bad as it was a hundred million percent. And I am so passionate about that. And that's why I do so much that I do. It's from that semester in Tallahassee. So the next semester I moved home after having yet another panic attack. They came kind of the, that semester. They were happening all of the time. But when I went to get in the car after Thanksgiving break, I just broke down and was like, I can't do it. Don't make me go back there. Like I, I cannot do it whatsoever. So went back up, moved all of my things out, tried my hardest to sublease, lost a ton of money on my apartment and moved back home for that semester. By this point, I already knew I was transferring to Georgia Southern 
So that gave me a little bit of peace with moving back, knowing that it was only going to be for a semester. In that semester, I coached lacrosse, I did classes online, I took 18 hours, I was trying to get all of the credits so that my school out of state would be as affordable as possible. I ended up finding out later in May that I was getting a scholarship to Georgia Southern that was going to like completely waive the out-of-state tuition. And Georgia Southern is a super cheap school in comparison to every other school that I was looking at. So that made the decision like seamlessly easy of like, yeah, this is perfect. And I loved Georgia Southern. I didn't have like this massive friend group or anything like that. But man, I love that school so much. It was interesting going to school during COVID, I will say, but I immediately got roommates who were fantastic and I found them on Facebook of all places, which was great. I was surrounded by girls who loved the Lord immediately when I moved to Georgia Southern and it was the best thing for me. So now it's my sophomore year. I'm at Georgia Southern and my boyfriend and I break up. I have no idea how to handle this. I am now seven hours away from home. The only person I really talked to from high school is my best friend, Taylor. And I'm like, what on earth do I do? What do I do? I was going through it yet again. I'm like, oh my gosh, things just got pretty much good in my life. And now this happens. Like, this is horrible. In that amount of time, I had really come to know the Lord. I gave my life to Christ that December and things became so real for me for about four months. I was on fire for the Lord. I started Jesus People Places. I was ready for anything the Lord was going to bring. What I was not ready for was to lose someone really close to me and even closer to my ex-boyfriend. And I've never dealt with grief before. I'd lost grandparents, but nothing like this. And I know I just talked about how my freshman year was the lowest season of my life, but spring of 2020, COVID hit. I lost someone who was like a father figure to me. And I'm now trying to approach how to be there for my ex-boyfriend when we're not together. And we were both talking to different people at the time too. That was a tough one to go through. Trying to help someone you love grieve when you have no idea how to do it yourself. You just became a Christian not even four months ago and you're trying to keep Christ at the forefront of your mind, but you have no idea how to do that either. It's COVID, so you have no community surrounding you. And like there was, there felt like there was no winning in that season. No winning whatsoever. Fast forward about nine months, my ex-boyfriend and I get back together and in deciding if we were going to get back together or not, we had so many conversations where I at least was like, I want to know a hundred percent for sure that you are the person I'm going to marry if I'm getting back together with my ex-boyfriend. Like, this is not something I'm taking lightly. I don't like that I'm getting back together with my ex, but like, if we're in this, it needs to be it. So we talked about marriage quite early. We had already been dating and together for so many years. I'd known him since I was 15 years old. So that was a conversation early. It's when I graduated college in December. I graduated a semester before him. I moved back to West Palm because the plan was for him to take over a family business here. And I knew it would be the best option for us to end up together if I moved back here. So I moved back here before him. I lived in his family's house, which was awesome until we broke up. We broke up 
a year and a half ago now, maybe a year and a couple months. And some of you guys know details of that breakup. Others of you don't. I'm going to be brief when I say it was a rough one. Like it was a really rough one because one day I thought I was getting married and the next I was getting broken up with. Now looking back, I am able to see like we did have so many issues and that genuinely was for the best. However, I was living in his family's house. So we break up. I no longer have my boyfriend who was basically like family at this point. His family who was definitely like family at this point. My place to live because that's where I lived. I just quit my full-time job to pursue influencing full-time, not even a month prior. So I now was trying to figure out how to financially afford everything in West Palm because, you know, I wasn't paying rent. So I had went from having zero expenses to now having so many expenses in Palm Beach County, a place where I didn't even initially want to be, but I moved back to be with him. After we broke up, I felt the presence of the Lord just surround me. And I was like, okay, Lord, you're right. This is the right decision. That July, I have never felt more close to the Lord. I just felt his peace. I felt his comfort. And it was such a great feeling entirely. But I still had all of these issues going on in my life. I was hopping around from friends' couches, sharing beds with friends. Immediately after we broke up, I had no idea what to do with my life. Literally no idea. Like my plan was to be engaged, get married, start a, start a life with him, have a stable home. I mean, live in West Palm. And I had accepted that all of that was going to be my future. I'd found peace in it. I'd found joy in it. And I was so excited for it. And all of a sudden the world was completely wide open, but I also had no idea how to tackle that. So was I supposed to move back to North Carolina? Was I supposed to move out West? Where the heck was I supposed to go? I felt like I was doing all of this completely alone. Simultaneously, my community was going to trash. There was such a drama and fallout that happened simultaneously during my breakup. And a lot of it had to do with my breakup. So it was a lot. It was a lot at once. And then in September, I had a run-in with a guy with a gun. And you guys, if you've listened to the one episode, I don't know which one I talk about it, but I came face to face with a man holding an AR-15. So now it felt like every area of my life was just being attacked. And then another, I start having issues in my family. Oh my gosh, can I get a break? And October hit. At this point, I was living with family friends and their son who was away at college's room because I had nowhere to go. I was traveling on weekends and different times because I didn't have a place to sleep at night, you guys. So many times last year, you guys were like, your life is so glamorous. You get to travel all the time because I didn't have a bed. It was cheaper for me to travel than it was for me to what, go get a hotel in my hometown. I live in West Palm. That's crazy expensive. Crazy expensive. A lot of times I could work with hotels in different places and get affordable flights that that just seemed like an easier option. And also if I were to have to pay for a hotel here or like muster up the courage to ask someone if I can stay with them, like I would have to admit that my life was in shambles and I did not want to do that. When October 1st hit, I decided I was going to pursue the Lord as much as I could because I had spent the last three months not hearing from him whatsoever. 
And I was so frustrated. I had built up all of this resentment. I was so pissed off at my ex-boyfriend. I was pissed off at family members. I was just pissed off at friends. I was pissed at the world. So angry with the world. So angry with God. And I had no idea why any of it was happening to me. And I just wanted to feel God. And I spent the whole month just trying to do anything that I could. And I didn't. I didn't feel God at all. And I think a big part of it was because I was living in so much resentment and I didn't even realize how much sin I was living in until it led over to other things and I could stop to look back to be like, oh, that root of resentment is what caused all of this. Like that beginning sin that I thought wasn't that serious about just being angry and resenting and unforgiving towards people. like. That led to so much. And I think we talk about sin as this, these things that are separate. Like, oh, there's this one sin over here and there's this other sin and this sin's worse than this or this is better or all of these different things. But sin is sin. And it steals your joy and it robs you of freedom and it leads to other sins. After I got through October, I decided I was done. I wanted nothing to do with God, but like, I knew I probably would eventually. So I was like, okay, like I have this Instagram account in Jesus people places. Like I'm still posting about my faith everywhere. And like, that's awesome. And I definitely still believe in God, but like, he's not doing anything for me. Like I want nothing to do with this right now because I was pursuing God. I was leading a ministry. I was leading a small group. I was doing all of these things for the kingdom. And this is what I get. Really? This is what I get. Like, this is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. In this couple months, too, I'd been kind of dating around and thing after thing would just fall through. And I was so frustrated about that aspect, too, that I was just like, you know what? Maybe marriage isn't in the cards for me either. And I took that and I ran the totally opposite way with it, where now I believe marriage is in the cards for me, but even if it's not, like, I'm good and I'm content. I instead took that as, well, I don't really care to respect myself. I'd kind of continue to respect my future husband where I wouldn't go off and do things with guys, but I have no self-respect right now. And I feel like the people in my life who are supposed to love me the best have decided I'm not good enough and decided that who I am at my core is not enough. And I was done. Like, I just wanted to numb the pain. So I did it this time last year, literally this weekend last year and slept with someone. Oh, that's a weird thing to say on the internet. Such a weird thing to say on the internet of like, yeah, I was like having sex with random guys a year ago and I was walking around saying, I love Jesus. And I would get messages of like, you're this person to look up to. Meanwhile, I was doing that. I believed so many lies about myself in that season. I went back to that version of me at 11 who just thought she was broken. And I just wanted a temporary fix. I just wanted to temporarily feel loved. That's not love, you guys. That's not love at all. 
not in the slightest sense of love. While all of this was happening, I knew I was going to be moving to England in a few short months. And right before I left, I slept with someone. And it felt like the cherry on top of like the enemy just trying to eat away at me because this boy loved Jesus. Loved Jesus. And it was after I had kind of decided I was done with this, but I had decided that. I hadn't actually asked the Holy Spirit to intervene and actually like basically like welcome the Lord back into my heart yet. I just said, I'm going to try my own strength to stop this. And I couldn't. And the really heart-wrenching part is the fact that I don't remember most of that last time. And I was drinking, but not that much. And after that, I just broke down and looked around at my life and said, this isn't some tiki funny joke. Like, <laughs> this is something that's ruining my heart. And this is something I'm trapped in. And people talk all the time about how living the way that you want is freedom. But even when I said, oh, I don't want that, I couldn't stop. I couldn't control it. If you take anything from this episode and from my testimony, it's that sin is bondage. It's not freedom. Whatsoever. Literally whatsoever. So I moved to England. I needed that. I needed to get away. I needed peace and quiet. I needed not to be caring what people were thinking about me. And I just, I needed more of God. And I knew that the week before I was moving. I went to one last church service before I moved. And I walked in being like, God, I just want more of you. That doesn't necessarily mean I need to feel you. Because I get it. I'm not always going to have this feeling, but I know that you're there and I know that you still love me despite all of this, as hard as that is for me to believe right now. And I walked into church and the sermon was on more of God. And that's what it was titled. And I just said, okay, God, I see you. As someone who had not felt God at all since July the title of that sermon being that was kind of all that I needed. And I said, okay, God, whatever you say in the sermon, like I'm going with, like, I don't care what it is. I'm doing it. And then my pastor says, we're going to start the Daniel fast as church. And I just look up and go, no, 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 no. I moved to England in a week. You want me to start fasting? Like, do you know how difficult that's going to be for me while I'm traveling? Do you know how difficult that's going to be when I get to a new country and now I have to eat all these different things? Do you know? And I just felt God be like, so what? And I was like, got it. He goes, oh, and also one more thing. I want you to give up social media for those three weeks as well. I said, God, I'm moving to a foreign country. I have no idea how I'm going to make any money. I'm going because I weirdly feel called to go, but I have no idea for what. How am I supposed to financially get by? Give up social media. Do you realize that's my job? 
He goes, so what? I said, okay. The next day, I was off social media for the next three weeks, and I was doing the Daniel fast for the next three weeks, too. And I expected through that fast to feel the Lord. I had people ask me after the fast, like, oh, what did God teach you during that fast? Like, you spent like 21 days being super intentional in prayer and reading scripture and fasting and all of these things. Like, what did God teach you? And I go, nothing. Absolutely nothing happened. Literally nothing happened. What am I, like, I'm sitting there being like, God, what am I doing wrong? That like nothing's happening for me to feel you. And I just, at the end of those days, I had one weekend that I spent alone in Oxford without Heidi in the beginning of February, I believe. And I'm worshiping. And at one point during one of the songs, I'm on my hands and knees sobbing. Just being like, Lord, I need to feel you. I need to feel your peace. Please just give me a glimpse of it. Just, just like, I'm just let me know you're still here. I need peace. I need rest. And I don't know how to get it without you. And I start journaling after that. And I just feel the Lord tell me like, you need to choose me for what I've done. Not for what I'm doing for you. You need to love me for what I've done. Not what I'm doing for you. You need to fear me because of what I've done not what I'm doing for you. And people talk a lot about free will. They're like, the Lord gives us free will. It's up to us if we want to make a decision to follow him or not. And it seemed like for a lot of my walk with the Lord, that just seemed easier because I could, even in all those other situations that I went through before, I could run to him and feel him when I was feeling down or feeling sad, but not during this. Not when so much sin was invading my life. I looked around at my life and said, I have nothing to offer and nothing to give. My testimony has always confused me because I have three moments in where I say I gave my life to Christ. And as a perfectionist, that makes me feel like, oh, you've done the Christian thing wrong. Because you gave your life to Christ at 14, you screwed that up. You gave your life to Christ at 19. You screwed that up. What do you think is going to be any different this time? Throughout that entire amount of time, I loved the Lord. While I was living in sin, I loved the Lord. But here's the thing that makes this time so different. I finally am learning to grasp the holiness of God. Like we say as Christians all the time, we spread it around in the church of like, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. And like, love God well and love God well and like all of these different things. But as parents, the way we parent a child, we don't just parent children with love. We parent them with discipline too. And it's not because as parents, you don't love your child. You discipline them because you love them, right? God is the same thing with us. And... I didn't know what it looked like until this year to fear the Lord. And that word is so taboo of like, we like fear is a bad thing. It's a negative thing, but loving the Lord wasn't enough for me. And that might come off really wrong. And I hope you don't take that out of context, but I couldn't do well for the Lord 
and serve him and live in righteousness just based off of my love for him. The Lord gave me my season of rest and my season of peace in Oxford. And conveniently, my word for 2023 was learning, education, vibes. And the constant theme throughout this year, I've just felt the Lord be like, just learn more about me. Like, learn more about my goodness and my holiness and my strength and my word. And I took myself almost out of the equation. I know how much God loves me, yes. And if you don't know how much God loves you, that's an awesome place to start. Because it's true. He loves you so much. But now I'm coming from an understanding of knowing how holy and awesome and amazing and incredible my God is. And before I was like, okay, yeah, God loves me. But if I don't know who God is, what does that really mean to me? You know? Now I know God's character a lot better. And I'm still learning every single day. But knowing that God loves me means something. And I hope and I pray that means something more than just a fun saying on a t-shirt to you. Because God is so holy and perfect and righteous. And that being loves you and desires to have a personal relationship with you. And sent his perfect and righteous and blameless son to die for you. Because he wanted an intimate relationship with you. And he knows the things that are going to further that relationship with you. They might break your heart. Gosh, I know. I know it broke the Lord's heart. Having to watch me walk through all that I did. But man, if I was still in that relationship right now. Gosh, those of you who knew me in that relationship. If I was still living in sin the way that I was. If I was still living in resentment. If I was still finding my worth in guys. I mean, gosh, man, the Lord had to humble me (laughs) because even though I couldn't see this version of myself, he could. He knew what was going to be produced on the other side of all of that suffering. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis, and I'm totally going to butcher it. And it's not even a popular one, but I think it should be. C.S. Lewis wrote a book on grief and he talks about trials in life. It's a book he wrote when he lost his wife. He essentially talks about how everyone always says, like, God sends trials to our life to try us and all of these different things. We're like, to see what our character actually is. And he pauses for a second. It says, what I learned through my trials was that God doesn't need to test me. He knows me. Like, he made me. He created me. He knit me together in my mother's womb. Why would God need to try me? He knows my character. It was I who did not know. And I look back at that season of my life and think, gosh, I did not know my own character. I did not know how weak I was without God. I did not know how easily I would let sin just invade my heart and invade my life. I didn't know that about sin. (laughs) And did walking through all of that suck? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not going to carry myself in a way where another sin come into my life of shame. I'm not going to look back at that shamefully. I learned so much through that. And I'm not going to say I'm grateful for it because I'm not grateful for it. But it's so beautiful now. I wish I would have been honest about where I was at this time last year because I've had friends now know me and my biggest prayer after kind of like re-coming back to the Lord in England 
was that people would notice. And people who truly know the Lord have come up to me and been like, man, like I loved you, of course, then, but wow, has the Lord just grabbed a hold of your life. And I don't want you to take this as the Lord brought me back. Like he did not bring me back to where I was at beforehand, because if you also knew me beforehand, even before I lived in resentment and sin and all of this sort of stuff, I was still living in resentment and sin and under this curtain of striving to be perfect. I led a discipleship group of girls who I loved so much, but I did not know how to love them well. I put on this perfect front, never opened up about anything and held all these girls, whether I knew it or not, to this perfect standard that I hoped they achieved. And that led to people not feeling comfortable to even open up. I screwed up in so many ways. And that's not to say I'm not going to screw up again in the future. Because I will. I will a million times. But I hope you can see that something's different this time. Something is radically different. So I lived the next few months in England healing. I never took time to actually heal from that breakup. I needed to. That breakup wrecked me, man. Wrecked me. And I tried to move on quickly. Tried to numb the pain. I tried everything in the book, but truthfully, I just needed a lot of time to heal. And I was really intentional about that healing process. I journaled all of the time. I constantly, every day, woke up being like, I'm going to seek forgiveness. I don't need to express that forgiveness. I don't need to tell him I forgive him. I need to just find forgiveness in my heart. Because a life living in resentment, man, it sucks. And you still ask me, like, what is that sin that got a hold of me and dragged me down? It was resentment. My life has genuinely just become so beautiful since I've fully given everything over to Jesus. And yes, that is a decision you make. And I believe it's a decision you make and that sticks. Giving your life to Christ is a big thing. But if you are not actively walking with him, you're going to fall. And you're, you're going to fall regardless because you're human and you're imperfect. But put really good practical pillars in place. And that's why I focus so much on this body, soul, spirit thing. Because when all of those things are right, I am so less likely to fall. The Lord gives us armor to fight against the enemy. Because... I never really realized it, but the enemy is so real. It says in scripture that one third of the angels were cast from heaven and became demons. Well, there was a hundred million angels. So you do that math. There is 33 million demons, so to speak, running around this world, trying to keep you from God. And they're doing a fantastic job. They just are. You can't just give your life to Christ and then expect results or like everything to be better. And I think that's what I did the past two times. I gave my life to Christ and I was just like, check, done. Go church, maybe some Sundays. I'd read my Bible, maybe once a month. And I would turn on worship music when I felt like it. And that was that. Every single day, life happens. There is something hard about every single day for every single one of you. I know it. If you are not equipping yourself well, God gives you this armor, but you've got to put it on. Scripture talks about how God gives us six different pieces of armor and salvation is one of those. 
So a lot of times I think we give our lives to Christ and we think like we did our part and we're good. I don't necessarily think that's how it works. I think that there's free will and yes, giving your life to Christ, but I also think there's free will to do all of these things too. Like we can choose not to and yes, we might gain salvation, but like following Jesus here on earth and like living for him here on earth, like that's what it's about right now, you know? Okay. So I just want to read it. The helmet is salvation. That's piece number one. Also, this is all from Ephesians 6.13. Helmet of salvation. The, the breastplate of righteousness. So pursuing righteousness. Scripture talks about pursuing a righteous heart all of the time. Shield of faith. Sandals of readiness. Always being ready. On guard. The belt of truth, which is scripture. If you're a Christian, you should at least believe that scripture is truth and the sword of the spirit you have the holy spirit living inside of you if you have accepted christ into your heart utilize that if you stayed for this whole episode thank you and ah (laughs) that is a slightly stressful that i did just admit all of this on the internet but my life is not about me this platform is not about me. And I've said that before as like a silly, not even silly. I've said that before and not really meant it. But I think this is meaning it. And this has been on my heart. It's also been on Lainey's heart. She's been telling me I need to share my testimony. But I don't want people to have a misconception of not even me, but what the Lord's done. I don't want to walk around saying I love Jesus without you guys knowing this about me. Jesus has miraculously changed my life in every single aspect. And I hope and I pray the same for you. Because it's so sick. Like genuinely, it's such a fun life. Like such a fun life. And I just want you to be a part of it. So... If you have any questions or want me to elaborate on anything else, there's definitely areas that I did not go too deep into just because there are some things that happen that aren't my personal information to share, nor something I want out on the internet. So you'd probably get a much longer, I don't know, we've been recording for a bit, but a much longer, more in-depth version if we were speaking in person. But for the standpoint of this going out on the internet, like I want to be respectful and all things, so this is the version that you are getting, but I'm really grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for this community. Like I said at the beginning of this, like how cool that we're building something so freaking cool. I'm just so glad that you're a part of it. Make sure to follow us at Jesus People Places on Instagram. Check out our website. We've got some great resources at JesusPeopleplaces.com. And I hope you have a fantastic weekend or week whenever you are listening to this. That's all I got for you. All right. I love you guys so much and I will talk to you when I get back from Arizona next week.